Don't Give Up Your Day Job, a local musician's guide. By me, Paul Gillings. An educational and sometimes humorous look at what it's like to be part of the local music scene. Hello and welcome to another edition of Don't Give Up Your Day Job, a podcast to help local musicians uh, survive on your local music scene. And I'm joined today by uh, a rather excellent singer-songwriter, guitarist, musician, and uh, you know mainstay of my particular music scene and my area for quite some time now, managing to keep it real and keep it going good. Mr. Richard Trigg, hello, mate. Nice to see you. Hey, yeah, good to see, good to see you. Good to be here. Thanks for coming along. Well, an intro. <laughs> I mean, less of the singer. I mean, if you heard me sing, I mean, I do try. Yeah, yeah. Um, in recent years, well, last ten years. Mm-hmm. I, I make a point of not having a microphone mm-hmm. because uh, I tend to I tend to I can ruin the greatest of gigs not by singing <laughs> by talking which okay. is okay uh, so amidst the song intros and stuff like oh, that oh yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want to know I no, mean, well, I've them, done it myself after a few beers I will sort of get on there and go well you yeah, are, yeah. gotta yeah. watch it gotta oh watch it. man yeah um, <laughs> in fact the guys in in Seafree who I play with would tell you mm. uh don't let them have a microphone. Okay. Well, as you have a microphone in front of you now, yes. feel free. This is a safe space. Feel free to say whatever you like. Okay. But, um, yeah, I won't be we- telling you to, <laughs> to fuck off if you don't like it. That's fine. That's all right. Mr. John Peach dropped the first that F bomb on the old uh, on the on the podcast, so it's all good. Ace. Um, mate. So, would you mind telling us a little bit about? You know what it is you're up to musically and stuff like that lately, and yeah. you know I know we've uh, only recently met, but um, just for a bit of synergy and stuff, how how we know each other as well, please, buddy. So what is it you're doing musically? Okay, so uh, twenty twenty. Oh, is it twenty twenty? It was twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty two now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm backtracking. The, la- the last two two years have kind of, kind of sort of blended into a weird kind of time frame you know okay. for me um mm. just the covid thing yeah 2020 um wasn't doing anything playing wise musically mm. i had been doing some session work with uh with a guy uh, who I, I used to play with adam and a guy i play with in see through liam we we were kind of session musicians for him mm. um his live project which was fine but it was kind of very sporadic there wasn't a lot of it mm. that kind of dwindled out he'd moved up up north and um so I wasn't doing a lot in terms of playing work-wise. I was working music, I was out touring, um, guitar teching and, mm-hmm. and stage managing, doing all that kind of stuff, usual stuff. So I kind of fulfilled... You say usual stuff, but this is a podcast about giving up your day okay. job to be a musician. And okay. it sounds to me like a little bit you're living the dream there. Are you allowed to tell us who you were guitar teching? Yeah, I saw, well, a guitar tech for, for an, a bunch of uh, OAPs these days, really, but they're ace. <laughs> I... I, I, I they're some of the best humans that I've ever met in my life, really, and really changed the way that I'm able to to be. No, that's that's wrong. They've changed the way that I'm. I think about working and earning a living from music and mm-hmm. and being creative in music. That, as well. That's massive. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're a band called A. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. Just the letter A. Um, mm-hmm. Originally from round this way a long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. They were a big, big local band. One of the people that went off and made it. I think. Yeah, that's what they yeah. considered to to have done. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So I guitar tech for for Mark and who who still lives in in Raiden actually. Fabulous. And and I do bass tech as well. And mm-hmm. there's a guy called Tim. Who plays for them at the moment? Who right. was in Architects and left Architects a few years ago uh, to do his own thing, but now plays bass. Um, mm. So I, I basically do the strings in in that band, and I 
I stage manage and sort of co-tour manage them. So amazing, kind of full on and amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also and the 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 twins who are in the band, um, Adam and Jason. Mm-hmm. They, in a, yeah, yeah. In that band, they also do a lot of sort of event promotion. Mm. They're kind of music entrepreneurs. So I've done things with them before. We used to run a company called Band App, which was to mm. enable people to be able to create their own apps. So we're talking 2012 kind of era. Yeah. Um, they they kind of they push for for being creative in that business realm of music. So. Mm. So yeah, so I've done things for them before, and then they've kind of moved into a lot of event kind of stuff. So I ended up kind of stage managing a few of their events and helping promote their them events. So the most recent one we've done was uh, it was called uh, Weekend in the Park, but it was down in Southend, and that was uh, McFly, um, Scouting for Girls, mm. Stereo MCs, awesome. Oh, I saw Stereo um, MCs at Glastonbury. I don't know if it was. 91, 93, I can't remember, somewhere around there. Incredible. They were wicked. Yeah, I mean, it was really right. funny. When, like, I was waiting for them at uh, uh, the side of the stage just to direct my crew when, when their splitter turned up, where they're parking and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we couldn't figure out if they were here or not, but there was a van with all smoke coming out of it. <laughs> and That'll be the one. <laughs> yeah, on their rider, no shit, on their rider, top of their rider. I mean, this is was, exclusive content here. This uh, is good. A Kingskin Rizzlers. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> It, that's fine to have on a rider. I've seen worse sure. pants and socks, but at the top of their rider, the top thing, which indicates to me that they thought, "What do we need on priority?" A, that was top priority. of their brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they were wicked. <laughs> so, so I do a bit of stage managing for them um, for for the Perry brothers who put on these events with things like that. So awesome. that's ace. And then when they tour, I tend to yeah tend to go out with them and stage manage and, and work with the bands mm-hmm. um, doing that. And um, I've done some stuff with McFly. Mm. Um, just yeah just try and be involved in it you know mm. fingers in pies yeah yeah no um, good good yeah Can't just be all love it there. yeah so excellent excellent so yeah i wanted to talk i want to talk about your um what i really know you through and how we know each other is through c327 yeah your uh your band yeah the band that you the band that you are will you tell us yeah. a little bit about them guys yeah, and you sure. guys and what so you what you do i've yeah so i've sort of digress I've gone off on a tangent now, but yeah <laughs> I asked you what you're up to musically musically you told me you're okay. mate so it's all good so it's I, all yeah. right so I earn, I earn a bit of money from doing that cool but yeah the 2020 that's all right back on there back on yeah um it would have been the 20th anniversary mm. well 2021 would be the 20th anniversary so we met up um to discuss the idea of doing a concert the following year to mark the 20th anniversary so you guys been together all that all that time or off was and there on off and off on, and on okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah so mainly till 2006 2007 so we're talking like a, a, like from 2001 through to 2006 7 yeah it was full on yeah like actual yeah we're couldn't, together we're doing couldn't it. really have a job kind of okay yeah right. and then well I want to get I definitely want to get under the skin of that in a moment yeah yeah, yeah sure um, and then we got back together in 2013 mm. for a few shows um, we weren't in a position to really sort of, we weren't really getting on mm. Bits and bobs. We can't musically, personally, personally. Okay, yeah. Music um, still good at those times? Do you think? No, it it kind of dwindled off a bit because mm. people didn't have the same. Influ- you know what it's like when influences change. Just because you're into music and music mm. changes, and they kind of set a wedge in different places within it, and drinking set a wedge, and drugs mm. set a wedge, mm. and 
personalities shifted, different priorities and stuff. We grow up, you know, you, you, yeah, exactly. you, you're in a band together that long, especially at that time of life. I mean, what sort of age were you? Was it early, oh. tw- early 20s, late teens-ish? Oh I'm no, damn, mid twenties, yeah, yeah, mid twenties. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big time of change, personality-wise, yeah. and you know, life choice, exactly, wise, and priority-wise yeah. as well. I mean, you talk about two thousand and one. I got married that year for the first time, and, wow, and yeah. the, the, in two thousand and three, had my had my first kid. I was off yeah. the, the music scene. Bringing up, bringing up my family. It's, yeah. never, it's never been a full-time job for me, which is why I'm making this podcast, so I can yeah. find out. Exactly. <laughs> well, it was a full-time job when I was a kid, but, you know, it wasn't really a job, so it was in between school and stuff. But, yeah. you know, it's um, it's fascinating to me that I was off doing that and you guys were doing that at a time of immense change yeah. in, in, in your life personally, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, priorities changed. And then we didn't really talk. We did. Um, we went on and did another different band, a couple of us, and that annoyed the other guys. And one mm. guy, you know, and it just, it's just like being things. married to like four of other people is, yeah. sometimes, isn't it? You know, it and I, is. it always fascinated that 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 part of it for me when people would get annoyed that you're joining another band or you're doing something musically with somebody else. Yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think that that is? Do you think people feel possessive over, yeah. or do they think that you're spreading yourself too thin? You're not committed. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's what you said. That marriage kind of thing. That is kind of especially when you've been in each other's pockets, mm. like. And there's a certain amount of immaturity that goes with that, I think. Um, well, 20, 23, 24, I mean, none of us know what, you know, <laughs> yeah. which, which way our heads exactly. are. Exactly. And I, I think it's kind of almost like a cheating on feeling. Mm. I mean, I don't really think I've ever had that kind of feeling. Maybe I have. I mean, who knows? But that's, it certainly was a thing. And a couple of us went and did another band and it pissed the other guys off a bit. Mm. And, um, yeah, so we didn't really talk, and we kind of a few of us had fallen out, and there was a big drug thing. I don't really want to go into the drug. No, thing, please we, don't. It's we, fine. No. We go into you know the music, listen to the music, mm. and um, then I got married in 2012, and that was ace. And we decided, uh, my wife and I, to have like a little festival, like mm. the Gelders and Locks, like as the reception. What a place! Yeah. What a place! Yeah, a festival. Yeah. So we had, yeah. Um, so we had, yeah one of our best friends Matty P he came and played and did our mm. first dance and yep. we had a few other local bands uh, Thinking Men who I loved and a band called Burn the Headlines and my mate Burn the Headlines are immense yeah cool band yeah, I'm so glad they're not doing anything recently I asked them to so I work with Westy oh, yeah, and he yeah. comes out with A quite often as well so great, I work, great. Yeah, I work yeah, with awesome. Um I actually asked them they did a cover of Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit mm. so I actually asked them if they wouldn't mind just playing the whole set of just that on mm. repeat um, they did do some of their own ones though um, I just wanted to hear breaks <laughs> just play um, that over and over again yeah. please that'll be lovely yeah um, and my uh, my other friend Rowan's band who, who with some, a couple of the other guys from Seafru as well originally um, called One Last Laugh uh-huh. sort of a funk kind of rock thing and anyway we had a, we had a lot of music and all of the Seafru guys were going to be there um, so it was kind of like I sort of put the idea out. Mm, we're all going to be together. We just play yeah, a song. Just it's my wedding. Yeah, there's a stage. And there's yeah, stuff. and we all just Why got not? drunk and we all did our thing and we went on and kind of somehow. I don't know how we did it, but we mm. kind of shuffled our way for a couple of old tunes and yeah. because it was like a gig and it felt like a gig. Mm. There was a load of people there, a hundred people, whatever, and just the look. Mm-hmm. people's faces was enough to go we've got to do some gigs <laughs> and uh, Lindsay uh, Lindsay Moore yes, um, yes who was there mm. she sort of said she was running managing um, 
pubbing low stuff at the time. She goes, Yes, with Darren. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Stegger Lewis, yeah. local legend. I'm going to get him on the show. I'm trying to time down to a date at the moment. Yeah. He's a busy man, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, he works weekends and stuff like that. So, yeah, for Carl Fest and stuff like that. It was K Fest before yeah, that. Yes, right. Which, again, were awesome, awesome mm. local events and stuff like that. But was Lindsay sort of sparked for that and said, You Yeah, she was out. like, Right, big music fan. Let's book you. Yeah, yeah. let's book, put you on. Yep. At the standard. And, um, Yes, so we, that's the one they, yeah. I'd forgotten the place they used to run yeah, that didn't I I played there right. with Harpoon Blues Band a few times and it was yeah, it was Darren a small Booker's. place and we were like that's that's cool yeah. let's do that you know we haven't played in years and we mm. weren't really expecting anything we just we thought it'd be a crap so we booked there to do that which was great uh, and that would have been yeah that was, so that was 2013 mm. and then they came out of there and we didn't have a venue mm. Which was a bit of a stress. Had so. they knocked the brewery down by that time? Yeah, yeah the brewery. Local, was the... local venue, the brewery, was the absolute epicentre. Yeah, the brewery you know, was the be-all and end-all for, mm. for me and a lot of people how yeah. the music scene around here kind of... It was the hub. I think it was the yeah. centre well, centre I was, point. I was talking to you before, uh, before you uh, very generously came around and spent time with us. I had Mr Paul Johnson from Club Uniquity mm. over here talking about yeah. his venue. Club yeah, Uniquity, played how, there a few times. And how that was yeah. the hub. Of, yeah. of, every, of everything you know so uh, these venues can form a community he was talking about forming can. a community yeah. around these places as well and I do believe that there are venues like that that exist in our, on our local scenes that you know do become the hub of everyone's going to be there it's probably going to be loads of other musos to be fair yeah. <laughs> coming yeah. to see whether they're judging each other or not maybe I'm no, speaking yeah. for myself <laughs> I love it I love but, you know, club uniquity I think it's really yeah. important especially in the time that that kind of evolved into, into what it's become yeah. I think it was really important mm. um Especially for people growing up, because of their because of the brewery, a lot of them come from you know cutting their teeth at venues like the brewery. This is exactly then, what we were talking to about. To then growing up, mm. and the brewery doesn't exist. So I mean, would you would you still go there now? I mean, we talk about it in this kind of very. I'm not sure of the word. I think I'd feel I'd feel like old. a pimple on an elephant's arse. Yeah, I yeah. feel old as fuck. Yeah. I really would. So feel club old. uniquity kind of feel, yeah. filled that kind of thing. I mean, I still still got there is no kind of young venue where there's kids. Mm. Going and be an alternative, whether that's yep. with, with electronic music, whatever it is. Because I think that alternative crowd exists. I've seen, you know, I've seen them. I've got an eighteen-year-old son and, a, and an eight-year-old daughter. I know, I know that kids, yeah. are, you know, are in, are into that stuff. That there's a scene, but they prefer to do it. I think from the safety of their own homes, especially what's happened recently. But I think that was happening before that. Yeah, they were just retreating behind their mobile phones and watching it there. You know, live music, live music scene, as you know, because you work in it, is can still can yeah. still thrive, and I think it needs a grassroots to cut our teeth on and to get stuck into doesn't it it definitely does you you can't be you have to you have to play somewhere to be shit Mm. (laughs) to learn to not be shit you can't just go (laughs) and and, and, I mean you probably can but you you shouldn't just go and suddenly grab a great support with a great band you know one of the bigger Uh venues you know um because you're probably going to be shit. Don't ruin the opportunity. You need somewhere to kind of be shit yeah, to yeah. play your songs, to learn what works and what doesn't work. Absolutely, I think it's a great it's a great experience. Not only is it not only is it humbling, but it's also learning your craft. Of course, it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you say, you know what works, what doesn't. You know, is this something I really want to do? Yeah. Because if you go straight up onto the big stages, which is what, to be quite honest. Um, I, I started. I don't know if you know much about you know where I, where I come from musically, but I started um, playing in a band when I was eleven as part of an outreach program for disadvantaged kids, right. and they put us on TV. I was on television within within three months of picking up an wow. instrument, and then I did American tour within eighteen months of picking up that instrument, Amazing. and played you know and played the whole of the East Coast of America on 
national TV shows. I mean, we were on Disney, yeah. you know, and I was like thirteen. You know, it wow. was like it was absolutely not. So it was so as far as I was concerned, that's what you did. Yeah, and there was not like. Do I even like this? Yeah. Am I even any good? Yeah. You know, are we well rehearsed enough? Can I even play my fucking instrument yeah. properly? Which I definitely couldn't. Oh, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that came with then taking it down to and playing Club Uniquity. I played Club Uniquity, one of the first sort of our, we paused, we couldn't nail it down, but there's a poster in the in the back room there, and I think I'm on either the second or third night, oh, something wicked. like that. And those were some of the best gigs of my life. Yeah. You know, just completely taken it down white to the rise because also like the culture of those kind of places is people were there for the music alright they will probably talk over you at the brewery and yeah. stuff like that but you know you had to then learn your craft to get their fucking attention of course yeah right? whereas Club Uniquity you already had it Yeah, it was quiet people went there to listen and they weren't there to fucking yeah. talk but you know I oh, think yeah. I think we're, mi- we're missing a bit of that aren't we you know? uh, yeah of course we are mm. um, and it's yeah, we definitely are missing it, and there's nowhere to really. I remember. I mean, I'm going completely off topic, but I Go remember when it. I was. Oh, I guess it was ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Sort of in our sort of first, not first band, but kind of first band that we were kind of conscious about. You know, um, writing music and doing shows and being a band. Um, yeah, yeah. I went around a friend's house, and it's like, oh, I'll go with my sister to. To the um, to the brewery, um, it was called. They used to call it Green Jack's back. The then. Great, yeah, it was yeah. a Green Jack Brewery and a Brewery Tap. It's been a few yeah. Years. The brewery was always in a name, so we always yeah. knew it was that. The brewery, we? yeah. So we went down there. I came over from Southwold, and we walked. We walked from um, Pakefield, um, to the, and I had a couple of beers, and we were you know sixteen or something. So it was kind of exciting. Went there, and it was a goth night, mm-hmm. and I just remember just being absolutely blown away because. We've been doing shows, but our scene was this kind of village hall scene out in the sticks, out near Halesworth and um, yeah. Rumbra. Mm-hmm. We were putting on shows there when we were 15 mm. with two, 300 kids. That's of. an interesting point, putting on your own shows, because that yeah. seems to be something that follows you through for C327, because your last yeah. gig was a show that you put on. That's right, yeah. You know, at the local football club. Yeah. Um, off your own backs as yeah. opposed to trying to get an already existing venue or get hired by somebody yeah. so that would make total sense that that was your that was your grassroots yeah. putting on our own venue so why don't we just put on our own one now as well yeah anyway? and that's exactly yeah that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what we used to do so so that was happening we were doing these villageal gigs and there was lo- a sort of collective of bands five or six bands um that would do that at the time mm. and we'd book a village hall you'd pay your 70 quid then I mean personally I mean I never used to do this but we definitely did do this we used to get illegal bars and there'd be someone we know running a bar yeah. um, we had a car outside selling a load of booze sure. and then we'd just yeah. charge and people would turn up mm. and, then, and at one point um, there'd, be, there'd, be, there'd be hundreds of kids but at one point um, a low stuff band Cruel Blind yeah, came over and played one of those shows yeah, yeah. and that was at the first and, and that was around that same era when I then went to the brewery for the first time so these mm. kind of them two kind of little scenes were merging really mm. um, because the guys from Cruel Blind sort of went over to a village room like hang on there's 300 kids here like going apeshit in a room mm. whereas at the brewery at that point there wasn't 300 kids going no. apeshit in a room no. for them I mean they, they would but um mm. And it was a really interesting time. So we went to the brewery and then it was like, wow. And it was the drinking, it was the goths, it was the smoking joints in the back bar. <laughs> and it was kind of a really, it was like, this is a venue. This is what venues are like. And it mm. became like, for me, I loved going there just to hang out and watch bands. Mm. 
quite often to watch shit bands and yeah. just then yeah. talk about how shit that band is. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah, I, I am. I am the king of that. I'm awful, oh, awful, God, yeah. awful, awful, I'm, awfully judgmental. We should about definitely that. go and watch bands because <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I've got a reputation for being a dick, for being an asshole when it comes because I just, I just people go, what do you think? Yeah, no reputation with me. I literally never heard of you. <laughs> just on it. I like, I'd just be honest in my opinion. For sure, please um, do. Sometimes I should probably not be so honest. Well, I just thought, I, yeah, I do find myself very, very, very judgmental and I check myself and I bloody shouldn't. But, you know, there's, and I, more recently I've calmed, I've calmed down basically because I'm old now and I'll yeah. die of a fucking heart attack if I keep getting out of about it. But mostly is that I've, I've had a bit of a journey now. Yeah. And when I, I went to an open mic night for Mr. Tony Graham's over in Galston on, on Thursday, and there was a young lad got up with his guitar, and he weren't very good, and he was a bit nervous, and he rambled through his songs, and instead of thinking, well, he was shit, I thought, no, he's got some fucking bollocks getting up there. Yeah. He's got some spuds. Yeah. You know, and he's cutting his teeth. Yeah. And he's fucking Finding trying. the positives. So, so, yes, mate. Yeah. So, good lad. Good on, good on you. And then this uh, mandolin player got up and um, folk music. Not not hugely my thing. I respect it. I used to be in a folk band. I yeah. used to play a bit of mandolin as well. But this guy was all over it. And there was a couple of guys laughing and joking at the bar. And I thought, no, nah, he's a fucking brilliant yeah. <laughs> you know, mandolin player, yeah, yeah. mandolinist, whatever it's called. And yeah. he, he was fingers were all over it. So, again finding the positive finding the respect for these people that they're trying to hone their craft as well exactly we've got to do it somewhere not that I've gone somewhere and gravitated to no, any, yeah, any sort not... of musical prowess but at the same time I forget and used to love watching those the, watching those bands in the brewery that were shit as yeah. much as I did the good ones yeah you know, whether too. I roasted them or not, yeah, it was all part of it right? I think I think yeah that, that journey does help I, I certainly am more um forgiving not forgiving I try and find a positive mm. um, these days I just, I it's harder to go to shows in the first place you yeah, know? We're yeah, like, yeah. We're just life gets in the way and um, mm. but yeah just going to watch bands be bad or be good or be amazing and we used to always kind of dissect why Mm. we liked them a while we didn't like do you them. think that was I mean that's an important point I think do you think perhaps you were trying to find out discover what you like musically yeah, and then definitely. trying to like just for the sake just for the point of this podcast is try and learn something glean something yeah. learning what not to do yeah. as much as what to do 100% yeah yeah. Um, I, I I always say I got, in fact it was Darren who asked me um, when we had a chat on a, on the, the band podcast that we did um, last year he said, what advice would you give? Mm. Um, and the, the short of it was, don't don't, don't be local. Don't be a little village band. Like, don't think mm. that, you know, yeah. you could be shit. You can be amazing. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. But if you've got ideas yeah, yeah. and you're trying to be cool, then people can come. They can be judgmental. They mm. can be, I could be there and be thinking, God, they're rubbish. Mm-hmm. But you won't because I'll be thinking... Look, they've got. Look at all this. They're yeah, they're yeah. something because they're thinking bigger than that. Well, I was talking to Paul Johnson, and and that kind of it's kind of it kind of this, that that point came up, and he's, and uh, I remember him saying to me, um, it was about twenty years ago. Um, a former partner of mine was was looking at they bought they bought an album out, right? And uh, it was they were selling CDs, and she turned the CD over and went, "Oh, look at that! It's like a real band." <laughs> and his yeah, he gave that exact thought, and he, Paul said. Well, you are real if you think you're real. Yeah, exactly. And that twenty years ago just absolutely just blew my yeah. mind. It's like, yeah, and it stuck with me as well. Yeah, you know, because if you are, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, you know, is something that you're passionate about and yeah. you want to proceed with, then it's totally real. I believe that completely. You know, there's there's not like there's not like there's not, there's a, there's a grades of it. There's not like starving artist 
and uh, the success of Adele and Ed Sheeran is there. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it's, not, you, yeah. it's not like, you know, you've got to be one or the other. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got to do this to be famous, you've got to do that, you're not doing that, no one's going to, you know, either, uh, even from parents and uh, yeah. peers, anybody, stuff like that. Uh, just go and do focus. it. Yeah, just it. do it. And if you are doing it, I mean, it's, it's completely true. And that is that, that advice, you know, like, that, that I... I when Darren asked me that I would give and it was an advice given to me actually it was mm. about a flight case I was asked once no I brought a big flight case for a mm. for a speaker cabinet and I couldn't um, fit it in my car so it's never really been in my car it's really cool it's really annoying but um, I was with I was with um, one of the guys from A yeah. a guy called Adam one of the twins he, he's amazing and he said he goes ah oh, your flight case is awesome I was like yeah but it doesn't fit in the car. He goes, so get a van. And then you're like a proper band, aren't you? Proper band, like a proper band. And I you're am like, a proper band. If you, but the, but it's the, it, the, the, the message there is like, you know, you've got to get the case and then go and get the van. Like, mm. then, you, then you are doing that. Mm. And it's the same thing for anything, you know, like that, that listening party that See Through did. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a big fan of the idea of doing it because I'd have to organise it. And, um, <laughs> but at the same time, that's how we met, actually. Isn't yeah, it? that's right. Yeah, so you've, that you've got and you've got a new album out, haven't you? Yeah, you know, and you're releasing another single soon. Did I see? Yeah, put yeah. it there. So we tried to do a video for every single song. Wow. Um, purely because when we did it the first time round, mm. that wasn't ever attainable. Is that is that what you're doing it because that's what you want to do? Because I know that I mean. I read, I read lots. Of, I try to, you know, read stuff about music industry, and because I feel it has changed so much yeah. over the years that I've not necessarily been away, but in the thirty-five years that I've been playing music, it has changed like insanity. It's one of the things I want to get onto you with because you know you've been, you've been, you started at that yeah. two thousand and one. Internet still in its infancy. Maybe MP3.com was about yeah, video cameras expensive. Mobile phones not really a thing. Yeah, and then these days it's like. Social media get noise, yeah, yeah, noise. That's yeah. a great, that's a brilliant, brilliant description. There, there is it, so yeah. much noise now, mm. but yeah, it is exactly that. So, so videos become a thing. You can do them, yeah, because they advise you to do. You need to do a lyric video. You need to do one of you playing in a band. Oh yeah, no, and no. that wasn't any of those reasons. Yeah, no, it was just, just it wasn't social yeah, media advice. No, it wasn't any pure, of those. Purely, purely, purely yeah, I want to do a fucking video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, it was. It, yeah, hundred percent that. Yeah. Just because we didn't, re- we come from a time where it wasn't achievable to have a video unless you had a, a, a like a big advance. Like that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Or a parent with a video camera, or someone yeah, who knew someone um, who worked in film and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. it was always going to look a bit, you know. And <laughs> you can spot them from back in, you know, from that era. But yeah, so we, so when we this time around when we actually made music. And we had tried to make music in that period between 2013 when we did them sort of comeback shows. Yeah. Um, but it just never, it just never went anywhere. Mm. We did try, but um, but yeah. So when we when we actually started making this record and did the demos for it and that started happening, we immediately were like videos, started thinking videos, mm-hmm. and um, so when we went and recorded it um, properly um, with Tom Joy, um, we already knew roughly which ones we were going to shoot at the studio mm. as we were tracking we had a rough plan yeah because um, this is what happens now i mean danny and i um uh, the our, our musical partnership we literally put up the mobile phone and start yeah. recording every time we hit a practice mm-hmm. just record everything yeah you know because there might be something that you can use of course there is there yeah. might be something yeah. that might be like 
pay actually you know because you can capture it all the time now yeah, you know you can and it's um, really it's not only a useful like songwriting tool it's a useful promotional tool it's it's also like you know, like you say because making videos is fucking fun isn't it it is you know yeah. and i'd see bands pro bands doing that back in the day and think that looks like fun yeah and know? it's a, i think it's an i mean in a world where like we said there's so much noise mm. i think it's an accessible part of your product so mm. the music is one thing fine and, and people can digest music however they want now spotify whatever mm. but if you're in that noise mm. and it, it, it wasn't a conscious decision like i said like to do this to try to be be through the noise oh yeah, just, the, yeah, yeah. the promotion the, the uh, promotion device says that we have to have video after yeah this. It's none was, of that it it's literally just, like yeah let's have a video let's have something that makes this track better that gets our sentiment across mm. And, you know, you can just see it and it's fun and it, it's there rather than just listening to the track because mm. sometimes, you know, like it is, like if you're talking on the phone, like without the right, without that interaction, mm. sometimes the message can get slightly lost, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what it, what it was about. So, yeah, the next one that comes out uh, is Put It There. Mm. And that has been a long long video to get right um <laughs> a long to get right as long oh, as it's not like a like a three hour peter jackson epic to watch right? no it's it's we i tell you what it was we 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 made a decision i made a decision and and just the guys agreed with me are you the uh, driving force behind that band does that happen a lot like so that? my nick and my, my old so nickname. you're the main song you are the songwriter right these days no well yeah yeah Kind of. got Johnny's lyrics me and Johnny and like Johnny that, and yeah. I I should say um, yeah. hasn't always been like that it started like that Johnny mm. and I sorry I've taken you off on a no, tangent here, mate, but it just occurred to me and I, I find it interesting yeah <laughs> so we, we we started off it was a bit of a joke project it wasn't really over a band mm. I just wrote a load of music because I was doing a music course and I got Cubase mm. and to, uh, 2000ish and then Johnny come and did some rapping and a few other people come and sung on it and it went like that. And then over the years of doing it, we tried to write in the, in the room, but there mm. were six parts, seven of us. Mm. And although that push and pull is quite good sometimes, mm. sometimes mm. you'd end up just caught within a kind of... Uh, caught within like a creative, like mm. this kind of... Um, how do you describe it? Well, I used to be in a band called Nexus, and we would try. Yeah. And, we would try and write in a room together. Yeah. And the lyrics were my responsibility because I was the singer. The guitarist, the, the chords were his responsibility. So we, you know, each each member had their responsibility for their part. Yeah. Now I didn't always feel because of my at the time fairly meek personality didn't want to say, you know why don't you try this on yeah. there? Why don't you try that on there? But they would have absolutely no problem telling me my lyrics were shit yeah. and my melody was pointless and that I should start again. So. There was there was the politics. Yeah, there's right? politics. There's the politics. Yeah, of course there there's is. the there's the egos as well. So I would yeah. start off because I was twenty at the time, thinking, "Fuck you, man! I can write you what yeah. the fuck? Do you know who I am? I've been on Disney and <laughs> bollocks, absolute bollocks, shit yeah. like that." Because I didn't know any fucking yeah. better because I was a little gobshot, you know. But at the same time, meek and you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Quite insecure about yeah. my musical abilities as well. Although on the yeah. outside I was fairly like what, but when as soon as they attacked my music, I was I would be meek about it and be like, "Oh, so." so Sorry, I'll try something else. So we would never get anything done. We yeah. wrote literally in three years, we wrote six tracks 
and some of which were eight minutes long because everybody had to have their say. Everybody had to have their bit. And there were like a, a total mishmash of other songs. Now, other people like, you know, old Darren Steger Lewis was, that was one of his first musical um, experiences, apparently, is seeing us, and without a clue, down a brewery. But mm. for me, I couldn't stand playing and singing the fucking song because they'd been written piecemeal. It's like, it's like trying, to, trying to write a novel all holding yeah. the pen. I, um, you're never going to move it in the direction you want right? what you just said is 100% what happened in our band oh really so okay. it, we'd have songs that were just a mishmash of bollocks mm-hmm. good bits bad bits bits that were probably seven time signature changing shit like seven a, songs and it wasn't because we were trying to be clever no, it was trying no, to that we were appease everyone the same with and Nexus I yeah. felt I I, I, whether it's the it was one of the downfalls of, of the band but you know I I had a vision how it should be in in my head mm. not a vision but just, just based on previous songs that worked really it wasn't yeah. like a, a, a grand vision but it was like them songs worked why are we not doing that and in, in, in an attempt to try and get to those songs I'd be like oh don't play that or that riff's like that or mm. let's have more of that or let's have less of that and when drinking's involved and things like that, people start getting pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And over the years, I kind of am a bit browbeaten about it, especially yeah. now we're back together. Mm. I don't sort of put my my ideas out. I, I feel like too afraid to say mm. it because I don't want to repeat what happened before. <laughs> right. But I think so. Do other... you just bring a completed song? Okay, this is a song yeah. I've written. I'd like you all to play it. Is that, is so, that how, how it works? Yeah. Now. Um, and I, I think that that's my insecurities and okay. I cover them up with talking bollocks <laughs> and being a pretentious twat in public I'm not I'm really not though like well I'm sure um, everyone can tell by the content of this particular conversation so it's all good mate um, it's a safe place it's a bravado that's put on and um, mm. it always has been we do need a little bit of front for that for a musician otherwise we wouldn't get up on the stage right yeah we wouldn't have the confidence to open our veins in the songs that we've written in front of sure. people we all have a like a anxiety or well I guess we do and, and sort of mild depression I, mm. I definitely suffer from a lot of those things mm. um, but I, I cover them up with you know talking and, mm-hmm. uh, and all that kind of jazz you know the provider <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah so nowadays when when the, yeah, when the pandemic started and, and we'd, we'd written this song we had a completed song and there was no sort of other way around it because of the situation that was impacted on us kind of thing yeah so then Johnny would, would, would do some some words and he'd do some rapping and he'd record them here and then I'll take them home and put them on. And mm. before we know it, we had seven songs. So when right. we started, we actually had more, but it doesn't matter. Mm. We then went into the studio to start working them up. It mm. was a case of, here's the songs. Mm. Um, and some of them, like Liam, uh, the keyboard player and synth player, he'd already kind of had them songs and he took them away and then really worked on his parts on them demos because okay, he, he well, was that's able interesting. to do So that. instead of doing it in the room yeah. with everybody with the whole yeah. anxiety of yeah. do who likes exactly. it, you, you got the freedom then to go away, try bits, yeah. throw bits away. He did exactly what he yeah, wanted. Yeah. And Come he, back, right, I've sorted it all out, I've exactly. learned it, here it is. He yeah. loved it. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, you'll obviously have to ask him, but I'm pretty sure he loved that kind of... <laughs> process and because I'd put I'm not a keyboard player in the slightest but I know I, I could hear what I wanted on the track and I'd do rough bits and then send him to, this is what I've done but you yeah. know please just do your bit yeah and then he could spend all that time without going oh I think that's a bit naff or mm. it should be like this and you know what it's like so he yeah, was able yeah. to do that too the only person that wasn't sort of really able to, to do that was our other guitar player Flatty mm. um, who's a very creative soul anyhow um, 
and with me and Freddie and I have played together for years anyhow on guitar so we mm. kind of get kind of we both get where each other's strengths lie on the guitar mm. so I kind of wrote parts with him in mind mm. um, which was okay but he didn't have the creative um, freedom that, that I or Liam or Johnny had and Paul our drummer I'd written every I'd written the drum parts and I kind of again wrote them with him in mind to the mm. way that he would probably play. That's bloody rare, and that's a huge talent being able to, to being able to do all those all the orchestration there as well. Because uh, I mean, uh, the way I've worked before, you know, outside of outside of that Nexus situation was I've written a song on my mostly on my acoustic guitar because yeah. that's what because that's yeah. what I know. I've written the chords down. I've made yeah. a little demo that's of, it. of it, whatever. I hand the chords, and Danny and I have been doing this a, a bit lately. So we almost have finished songs separately. We bring them together, and I'm not going to tell him how to play guitar. These are the chords I would like played so that yeah. with the melody. But mate, do your starting do point. your starting bit. Point. Yeah, do yeah, yeah. your bit on him, please, because he's an incredible guitarist. And he has a very distinctive like acoustic style exactly, as well. Yeah. So I want that. I don't want him to just strum my, yeah. like I have bloody yeah. robotically and shit. Exactly. <laughs> but you're, give, you're giving him the ingredients. So this is the kind of cake we're going to so make. So this is what you're more or less doing yeah. with the guys these exactly. days. Yeah. So, so Paul, we would then, the creative process after that was quite interesting because, because we'd had the stuff all recorded, then we'd take certain bits, put it on track. So mm. maybe there was like a, a sample or... or a baseline bit or whatever it was we put that on track and then we'd try and replicate what the demo was exactly and that was the starting point so, so these Paul, these demos then because um demos isn't a, isn't a word i don't i won't have or a thing i hear very yeah. much anymore so these demos are basically you have recorded what at home, at home uh, yeah. your concept of the, the start of the song and stuff like or you know what the song in your head you have yeah. you measure it to go yeah as a starting point for them to go right then we're gonna we're gonna learn yeah. this and we're gonna do our bit and then we're gonna record the real thing yeah so structurally and musically it was mm. pretty much there and it was there because it wasn't like a this is it. It was like I'll do an idea and put it on the uh, on a WhatsApp group, oh, and their guys would go, "Yeah, I love this, love mm. that," or "Let's speed it up," or mm. "Let's use that section." And and we kind Which of which is a right for a, a massive, out. yeah, a massive further forward starting point. Yeah, than sitting in a room and go, "Who's yeah, got? Yeah. Who's got a chord?" Yeah. Who's, got, who's, who's got a couple which, of lyrics which we've all done and yes. that was it was fucking horrendous when our band mm. tried to do I've that I've never enjoyed that it was that, the downfall the, and then you know. you'd spend four we'd, we'd go down the sound I mean at the time at that time we was going down the sound house mm. uh, or cafe now um, mm. twice a week maybe and we'd drink and you'd smoke and we'd have a good time and there was there was a social aspect which is the, uh, the main bit of it really to be honest well that's but, why mate, another you know one of the main excellent things about being in a band is the camaraderie it's, isn't it yeah it's, the hangs it's, yeah, yeah of course it is yeah totally and but we just end up just not being able to to, to, to write to anything. anything so yeah so but this time yeah so we'd get into the we'd get into the room and we was kind of already written and the one of the really important things um was it is the movement between sections so like if there was a really important movement how it how it transitioned to, to to a different part or whatever it may be mm. i'd say to paul the drummer um let's keep it the same as on the demo because it worked mm. and then that happened and that he'd do it the same and then after about six months of playing other things other nuances start appearing and mm. things start happening things start changing i'm like well, that's not how the demo went you know right, and it's like, right. but it sounds great and i knew that would happen songs develop exactly some some do very much so i mean yeah. danny and i i mean i also find it you, you do that if you do a lot of live yeah live tunes well not yeah. that you're catering or tailoring it to your audience yeah but just the repetitism uh, like you say you were rehearsing two days a week and danny and i did 40 gigs last year i don't know how mostly my live stream stuff like that but after about gig 10 12 13 the songs 
start to like well I did it you know you did a little bit different in there yeah loved it yeah loved it like th- and that sort of evolution is, is very welcome but only comes from from doing it yeah you've got to put the flesh on the bones yeah. first right and you need I think there is a certain amount of discipline mm. and I think that writing in that way for maturity us, as well yeah exactly mm. and being being open about trying different things and, and not being precious about parts you know I'm not you know, I wouldn't say, oh, I've got to play that part because it's a cool part, that, or whatever it may be. Mm, mm. Um, but I want people to be creative. And yeah. I think we were we were creative, and then over that, that honed, and then we went and made the record, and we were in a very strong position. We knew the timings, we knew we had all the samples and all the fun stuff that we had mm. on track all ready to go, and that was just loaded in mm. the session, and we turned up, and we were, we were super rehearsed, and we, we did it. And we got, I think... Um, the best thing musically that yeah. any of us have ever done. Well, this um, re- the recent uh, the recent album, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. you recorded that. I noticed in the, in the mill. Yeah, he's been there for a while. That fella, isn't he? Down in yeah. this. Yeah. And yeah. You, you did you try and keep it as live as possible? So if you all recorded at the same. T- yeah, we same tracked time all at the same time. Yeah, 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 that's great because it's so yeah. so rare. And then added, obviously, you know, your bits and pieces. Yeah. Your icing and cherries on the top with we, your overdubs yeah, exactly. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. We just yeah. wanted to nail the rhythm section really because we had a new guy, Johnny, Johnny Baker. He joined. Incredible bass player. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely insane so that story yeah, is just yeah. mind blowing like how he ended up in our band mm. um, it's just it's so cool if you want to share mate please okay. do I love band so, politics stories yeah, yeah, I bloody amazing. do because I never, I never I never I'd only ever heard the name Johnny Baker yeah. I'd never of met legends whispered yeah. in yeah. nightclubs and bars exactly yeah <laughs> all these people called Johnny Baker all the wrong all <laughs> but the wrong he is, bars <laughs> yeah. he is that good though he is really he really good. is yeah. and um, so our old Bass player Adam, he's wicked and he's a great mate. Um, he'd moved up, like as I said earlier, he'd moved up to up north, up to Liverpool Way, um, mm. a couple of years ago, and he was involved in the writing of the record, and we, and we did quite a few of the tracks. But when it came to sort of locking him down to to come and record it, there mm. was always a, there was an issue. He was very uh, he was very sceptical about the COVID situation. He was very worried about it, more so than us, who had our own little see-through drunk bubble that we did, um, <laughs> or could just literally couldn't give a shit. You know, all of that. It. You know, I'm not. I'm not. After recent revelations in Whitehall, I'm not giving a shit about yeah. saying where I hung out during well, the fucking well, pandemic. They can kiss my ass. Well, Paul set up, his, set up a, <laughs> a, his own business, and he called it See Through Twenty Seven, and. So legally, and we were writing for a record, and we spoke wow. to certain people that we know, mutual mm. friends, I won't mention this, um, if we could use their space because we were legally allowed because we were working towards a record and it yeah, was a yeah. business. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just in case that he, yeah. he wasn't going to come under any fire, we had our own bubble set up there and we were the only yeah. band there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it worked out fine. But um, yeah, so Adam was, um, he just, we couldn't lock him down. He wasn't very comfortable. He's like, I think it's best you just move on now without me. Mm. So we were like, this is. That's, that's, uh, that is really, I mean, that is a lot quite far away from the immaturity we were talking about uh, yeah. you know, earlier about you know mm, were you in another band yeah, and, and all that kind yeah. of you know stuff that's very mature and he'd that's been in really it, quite a big thing to since, say isn't it yeah he'd been you know? in it since he, he joined in 2002 three. Yeah. so he'd been in the band so a long he'd let time. go of his ego that, that much to say you guys I'm yeah. really sorry I can't do yeah. this which is knew that we wanted to kind of push really it like, yeah yeah so we don't have a bass player. Mm. Um, not that he'd been rehearsing with us, but like uh-huh. we didn't have a bass player. And the Johnny Baker thing came up because I, I was chatting to drummer Paul and he said, 
this guy, this guy. And it was like, definitely no, definitely no, definitely no. <laughs> oh, who's this guy? He goes, oh, Johnny Baker. He's a bit unreliable, but he's a really good bass player. <laughs> that's the first, that's how he was He'll be over the moon to <laughs> So I was like, oh, right, okay. Didn't, I didn't think anything of it. Then I was out on a jog and... I bumped into <coughs> our mutual friend Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember Chris. Chris. I haven't seen Chris for okay. a while, actually, but obviously we're not seeing fucking anybody. But yeah, yeah great singer songwriter. Yeah, lovely bloke. Love Chris. Love Spent some of I mean, my favourite evenings in the world. Well, he though. he watched us because I was in a band called Jamison Samafi Band, and he was at a live and V dubbing. Okay, We'd done yeah. a gig, and he'd done a set. I think on the same bill somewhere yeah. around there and uh, we were like hey man I want to play some half for you and he's like yes I want to play some half for me yeah. and then like you know, the pandemic happened and I haven't you know we haven't managed to yeah. hook up again but I really want to seek him out because uh, lovely lovely music yeah he's yeah. great but yeah you jumped, you bumped into so, him yeah so, like, he you know, was Adam. like I said is your brother still playing because his brother Samo um, played bass in mm. a band called uh, Jakari who mm. were kind of like a hip hop rock thing after oh, we brilliant. kind of yeah. disappeared so yeah. they kind of I want to say held the baton you know but they they <laughs> sort of took on that kind of role and which was really um at the time years ago really um what's the word uh made very i was super proud of the fact that they were even i think on their myspace page that like c327 MySpace. and it was just like yeah. wow you know <laughs> look how cool is that like we thought no one gave a shit and there was this band who were like <laughs> really influenced by us yeah, yeah um so anyway we never played a gig together but so Sam, I was like, oh, is Sam I still play? Are they still together? Then? No, I think oh, they are. Um, I was going to say, because you definitely organise a gig together. 100%, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Chris played in that band as well. And mm. um, I think the singer is in uh, in the States, mm. uh, working. Um, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Chris was like, you should ask Johnny Baker. I was like, funny, you're the second person to say that. I don't know. And he goes, oh, you, don't, you do know him. I was like, I have no idea who he is. He goes, oh, he's a legend. <laughs> okay, cool. Um didn't hear anything then we were down at cafe yep, yep. and we came out of rehearsal mm. and we were chatting about where our singer Johnny was and he, he wasn't there that mm. night and then some chap don't know who he was came up uh, he might hear this if he does like he could probably have a free CD because this is kind of a crucial <laughs> moment he said you're talking about Johnny Baker yeah. and we went uh, no talking about our singer Johnny and I was like, that is weird. No, that's There's a third three times person no, to mention yeah, Johnny our Baker. Our paths are converging. Yeah, I'm so not a spiritual guy, but there's, you know, it's kind of a bit... Exactly. It gets, it gets better, this story. Oh, because yeah, excellent. We, we were on the WhatsApp group that night, or the next night, and um, all chatting about it. And I said, look, this has come up quite a lot now. Does anyone friends with this guy, Johnny Baker? Mm. And Liam spoke up and he said I've met him I have met him I'm friends with him on Facebook I was like oh really what's he like he goes well he was drunk and he came up to me in a pub and just sung see-through lyrics at me fucking hell so he's so he's been mentioned three to four times yeah. he's obviously yeah. a fan yeah. what, did he play I mean I haven't got his complete history right he, did he play for local legend band Murphy's Law he does yeah he did, does yeah, he still does them I boys think, yeah. were freaking yeah he still does that I know Rube well yeah. and love him and all that you yeah. know, so that's all cool so yeah. yeah he was playing for them right yeah he yeah. just bits and bobs he just kind of does his bits and just bobs just everywhere yeah, yeah. and yeah. just loves playing mm. So at that point, I'm like, I th- I'm throwing this out there, I think he's our guy. Yeah. I was like, let me send him, let me friend him on Facebook and I yeah, send him yeah. a message. So I did that and sent him a message and I said, look, this is a situation. We've written a record, putting the band back together. Putting the band back together. Um, <laughs> Blues Brothers Staley. Yes. Are you interested in being involved? Is this something that, you know, you'd be interested in kind of thing? And mm. it was a sort of like, I think that was maybe about 10 minutes 
have kind of oh, I've sent it. Yeah. And then he got back, and basically the essence of his message was, you've basically asked C for his biggest fan if he wants to play bass in your band. <laughs> Because I'm in when do you want me to audition. I don't say meant to be too often, but that sounds like a little bit was, wasn't it? Well, mm. yes. So then he comes to rehearsal. Do you know better. all the songs? <laughs> so he comes Sorry, to I'm re- jumping ahead of no, the story. No, I'm cool. super excited. No, it's cool. I'm, I'm well excited. This so he comes to rehearsal and then he just smashed it. Yeah, like on, yeah. we, I mean, at the time we weren't playing old songs, so we hadn't played them in like eight years' work. But he so was, he probably knew him better than you did, do you think? He just learned all, all of these kind of songs. Yeah. One rehearsal, we did most of our new new record. Fuck. And there was a moment where we'd be like, oh, you've hit that bit a bit harder, you're a bit quicker on that mm. bit. And we'd like, that was literally, it wasn't like, this is how it goes. He'd I just, wouldn't have had the balls and tell him. I'd just be like, play it. <laughs> yeah, well, we, didn't, we had to find something. Anyway, yeah. goes, I've been picking through all of your music, mate, and this is all I can find. Fucking great. And we got on, like, we all got on with him, and he yeah, hopefully yeah. got on with us, like, really well, like, straight away. Oh, off, he's a off super the bat. nice guy. And he, then he said to me that night, oh, you have to let me know how the audition went, <laughs> like, if I'm in. I was like, mate, there's <laughs> no, there's there's no audition, no, yeah. you're in, mate. This there's no it. other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was in, and then we hung out, and we smoked, and we drank, mm. and he came and um, we had a little barbecue, mm-hmm. and he came over, and we hung out, and we chatted. And he got really wrecked. And he mm-hmm. started telling us these stories about when he used to come and watch our band. And this is when it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because he was then talking about some of our first gigs, like mm. really old gigs, 2002, 2003 kind of era. Yeah, yeah. And he said that he'd come and he was massively influenced by our old bass player, who right. wasn't a bass player, he was a guitar player, mm. which is why he played bass a bit like a crazy person because sure, he didn't sure. really wasn't but he played intricate I've bass heard that, I've heard a lot of bass players are lead guitarists on the double you know yeah you know. so Johnny Baker was quite taken and influenced in some respects by the bass player that he's now playing in so I'm like right. this is good and then he said stories about how they did drop mm. a load of acid and and he punched his girlfriend in the face at a see-through thing at the brewery and then he was kicked out at the brewery and all these sort of moments. I'm like, you've got as many stories about our band as we have in the band. Yeah, you know? right, and yeah, I was yeah. like, it's just meant to be. And then yeah. since then, like, I'd say he's one of my best friends. He's yeah. amazing. And I love I loved to hear those stories. I all love a, always yeah. love a good rock and roll story and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, the my, my favourite one, not dissimilar to that, is um, Suede. Okay. After Bernard Butler left. Okay. And uh, they, they did open auditions and uh, that guitarist, Justin, I think his name is, right. turned up and had and had the Bernard Butler gear and played their complete back catalogue absolutely flawless. Yeah. It's like, right, well, you're, you're the guy. Just, just, yeah. just, just get up and let's yeah. talk. Let's go. I mean, Johnny you know? came in and he was he was confident. And when we made the record, he was really confident about how he wanted just his bass to, to be. Yeah. And um, his playing is just on another level. Mm. Like, he's made he got that a five string? No, it's just on a four string. Um I, but, I think it was five string. I was very drunk that night. He, he I have to apologise for drinking all your beer. You didn't know who I was. I gate crashed your your listening party. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Then, then belligerently asked a load of questions when everyone else was really quiet. It's fine. Thank literally you. drank all the bloody beer and stumbled Good home beer, right? about two in the morning. It, well, I wouldn't have drank it all if it was shit. To be fair, so it was it was the lovely, brewery's lovely biggest beer. seller at the moment. Really? They're keeping it on as a mainstay. That's so so good. it's going to be in a load of pubs. Yeah, <laughs> and we developed it a little bit more after that. Mm. So I mean, speaking of which, did you have beers in your Bag, yeah, keep them all to yourself. Yeah, no, no, there. No, no, that's okay. a particular good um, junction to uh, music. It's a Sunday evening, yeah. Uh, I mean, help yourself. Morning. I've got one of each. Oh my I god, mean, which one do you prefer? Uh, I'm an old, old ale guy. Old ale that's guy? amazing. If you like an IPA, that's great. I'll that do that then. There's a, there's but, I mean, a bottle open. You go for whatever. I'll have this one. Thank then. you. Lovely, um, 
craft. Excellent. It's, uh, it's a really good, good job. Favourite guest. No one else has bought beer so far. Uh, be I wouldn't fair. go anywhere without <laughs> taking a gift <laughs> or a beer. He's very well bought up. That's Cheers. the kind of people. Cheers. Chin chin. Mm. Mm. I'm a Southport boy, so you know. He's uh, well bought up. He's well bought up. My wife's from Howlsworth, so uh, yeah, yeah, you're all very, I know. It's a, yeah. So compared to me, you're insanely posh, you know that, all of you. Okay. <laughs> I was born in a caravan in Cobham over, uh, in, over in Great Yarmouth, yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> it mate. wasn't cool, it was bloody horrendous. Well, it was cold, cold so it was there. Yeah. I don't remember, I was very young. So yeah, yeah, mate, so yeah, you know, bass player, you got all the ingredients together and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he just, he slotted know. in, and, and we've just had a great time since, and mm. we've written the next record. Well, I've, well, I've nearly I mean, finished it. Yeah. Musically, uh-huh. it's got a long way to go, but musically we're nearly there, and um, he's going to have a massive role in that. I think mm. um, the writing, because then I'll pass it around, and you know, in that in that yeah, style yeah. that you've developed and you've Definitely. come you've come to rather than that old sort of push pull and stuff yeah. like that. So that's developed lovely over over the twenty years. With so I mean, I, I originally asked you to come in and talk about you know longevity for, yeah. for, for the wider term and stuff like that and I'm so glad that you've been able to make it personal and talk about your stories which are fucking brilliant you know and I hope that people can find some sort of you know uh, if, if find something that they relate to in that and I think it definitely will I definitely do cool so we've got so we've got in your longevity we've got we've got you know it's a fairly minimal lineup change to be fair isn't it yeah you know, it really is I mean, but we've got some nice big breaks in yeah. there as well when you need to I don't I think musicians feel the need to I've got to keep producing I've got to keep going yeah I've got to keep doing that and they're too afraid to take a break and go do you know what I'm I'm just going to have a little a little sometimes, move aside from yeah, that yeah sometimes you, know? you need to because you managed to get back together and produce some of the best stuff you've ever fucking done isn't it yeah I think I think it's um, yeah it's definitely that maturity and coming back together at a later stage in life mm-hmm. um it's still hard. We've still got issues, not mm. necessarily within the band, but per- on personal levels, there's issues. Um, For sure, sure. Well, we're all we're all human beings. Th- we can't, yeah, you know. I think a lot of people maybe. I say a lot of people. <laughs> I think some of us definitely see the band as, as an escape mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, now, yeah. and it's very insular, as in it's for us. Like we're not trying to change the world. It's so how have you how have you managed then? If you, I mean. It sounds to me like it's been it's been all very uh, you know kismet and all very sort of just happened just just happened, but I'm sure that it hasn't. Obviously, there's an awful lot of hard work going into your songwriting, and obviously yeah. you wouldn't be the musicians you were unless you'd worked real hard at that. But you also managed to f- still fill a venue despite being 20 years down yeah. the road, taking a big break. Yeah, and you know, and and every, all those of us, you still managed to pack out that you know. We sold it out. Yeah, man. It was amazing. <laughs> in advance. I mean, yeah. at the time, I mean, it was really un- unfortunate timing. Mm. Um, we we did sell it out. Um, we oversold it, in fact, um, because we put a really <laughs> better big, that way than the other. We hired a really it. big stage, and, um, <laughs> a really big sound system. Um, but then it was like the day that Omicron really oh, went through the roof. So. so a lot of people didn't feel comfortable in coming mm, or because they were worried about Christmas the next week so yeah, they didn't yeah. want to catch you. We were even told, pick which parties you exactly. go to, weren't that we? That was that For day. For God's it sake. Was literally that day. I want to go to all the parties. Fuck yeah. you. So it was a bit of a... We wanted to create something for the town. Yeah. It wasn't it, it wasn't about... So what crew were turning up in? Were, were they um, old fans after nostalgia? Were they new ones that had heard about you? I think it was old fans, yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot of old fans, um, which was great. Did you have to finish it like up past nine because they're all old and shit? No. <laughs> I didn't oh, go. Babysitter, I can't be standing. Oh, well, the, the thing is, thankfully, the people that didn't come, 
I mean, they. I knew that this potentially could be an issue mm. with, with the virus, so I, that's why we got a ticket agency to run it. Yeah. Um, because I didn't couldn't have that come back on, on me right. or the guys. That, that was we needed to put that in somebody else's hands. So we had a ticket agency. So if this is cancelled, this is not because we yeah, cancelled it exactly. because they have. Which so yeah, yeah, you could book your own protection through it and all that. And that mm-hmm. was kind of a conscious thing that we did. So, so they built that pandemic style like cancellation into their yeah, I think system. you can book it onto a lot of places do it but you could I think it was like 60p or something like that you could add on to your ticket price which okay. then covered you if, if you just didn't go right yeah um, how many people did that I have no idea uh-huh. I didn't have access well, you, to you packed it out or, so okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah but I mean a lot of people didn't come but they didn't ask for their money back thankfully because it would right. have okay. if, if somehow yeah, could have their choice as well me. I would be the same I'd be like I'm choosing not to come yeah I can't then I, I wouldn't feel right about asking for yeah, a thing on on my decision. And it's a massive change, I think. It's a really big shift because I think three years ago, pre or two years ago, pre-pandemic, it would have been a very different thing. People would have wanted their money back and screw really? the band. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I think now that they just, a lot of people know the hardship that mu- music, local, mm. big, um, however, however it is, yeah, just yeah. that the industry has suffered. Mm. Like that would have that I, I fronted all the money for the show and everything, so right. that would have had a big impact on me. Yeah. I made two pounds that night, and then I brought um, Darren, <laughs> Darren a pint, a pint <laughs> so of my do. own beer. <laughs> so I'm actually down money. Um, so I didn't make any money, and, but that was never the plan to make to make money. It was all about just trying to do something cool for the town. We, there wasn't yeah. a venue that could put on that size event unfortunately bloody not I mean I yeah. will tell you this in secret but um, you know Mr Paul Johnson says that he's looking at possibly possibly getting Club Uniquity back in March okay cool yeah man um, the, the East Point Pavilion are going to be putting some kind of a venue in there yeah and um, the, the Ness cool. the Ness as well yeah like, you know I, I'm sort of friends with the lady that sort of does publicity and stuff yeah. like that so fingers crossed that fingers little crossed. cube down there might be, might be a couple of little things to put up and stuff yeah. like that you know because I mean, putting that show on, mm. um, not selling the show, as I see, you know, I've done lots of shows over the years, I've put them on, but so you, you seem creating to... the venue, yeah. turning the football club into a venue was was tricky. Well, it's ultimate DIY scene, isn't it? You yeah. Know? And you guys have done that. It sounds to me like you were sort of birthed when that DIY mm. scene was, was birthed, obviously, yeah. obviously post-punk, but, you know, yeah. the, the birth of the internet of, you know, downloads and streams instead of, you know, yeah. actually being able to make videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, you, the DIY thing, and you put your early shows on in a village hall anyway, yeah. which is, you know, I didn't, you know, in over in Cobham and Yarmouth, there wasn't a village hall, so there's no right. <laughs> fucking burger on. So you relied on the public. But there, was, there like was, like, the Brunny, there was, there was venues then. There was right? venues, and yeah, getting in, in them. Was was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, in Southwold yeah, and Southwold and Halesworth Way, no, yeah. no, no venues, venues like that. Yeah. So it was it was a case of mm. a case of forging our own scenes, somewhat. Um, yeah. So it's just something you were kind of used to anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, still a lot of hard work, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So and yeah, so put on our own show, mm. and that was cool. And we were we were stoked that we managed to create such an interest in the show. Mm. Um, there was there was a. There was a plan to it, like the, all the podcasts that I did for, mm. for the band. So it was a good build-up and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it was yeah. all about delivering yeah. the videos at the time mm. and advertising budget at the right times. Mm. And because I kind of do that... Yeah, yeah. Somewhat, so there was there know. was an intent and a marketing, not yeah. necessarily strategy, yeah. but there was an idea that I'm going to need to build up of course. To, to, yeah. to this. You say, of course, but like not many people always think about yeah, that and okay. always do yeah. that and if you read like you know any sort of social media or any sort of marketing advice for your music they tell you like you know 
three month build up to this. Yeah, do okay, a video, yeah. do a little video, doing doing stuff like that. But it's something obviously it sounds to me like you were in the industry for anyway. You yeah. had a lot a lot of good good, awesome, you know, build up and uh you bedrock of prior knowledge. Yeah. Um but at the same time, you know, if you don't do those things then and let people let people know it was there. Yeah. <laughs> They're not gonna No, exactly. Turn up, no, you're right. Maybe I take that for granted somewhat that mm. you know, because I just know that I mean nowadays I was speaking to Darren about it mm. actually in a podcast I done with him last year. That mm, I listened to it. It's brilliant hearing you guys talk about the old venues, and yeah. you filled in a lot of gaps. Okay, cool. for me about reflections, I never went. Oh, okay, you know, filled yeah. in a lot of gaps about those kind of venues Fucking and that hell, scene. That venue. Yeah, I, just, I was laughing along with like what you said about what this kind of stuff that went on there. Yeah, there was a lot, of but you filled in a lot of good, a lot of good history. For oh, me good. There, so appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of, nowadays, I sort of post. <laughs> 2010 definitely this kind of reliance on just digital advertising like mm. this Facebook oh we'll just put a Facebook event page up <laughs> and I'm from the time like we said mm. like from before that where that yeah. wasn't even a thing sure. so I think it all has to work hand in hand I was actually asked the other day about this exact thing from the lady who's now um, doing the music and everything at the Lady of the Lake mm. which we've are they starting up again? Yeah, they, they have, yeah, and we went down there and pitched a show, so we're putting on another low right. stuff show uh, in yeah, March, yeah. end of March, so we, we're making it a free show for the people that didn't come, mm-hmm. or didn't feel comfortable to come to the, the paid show, yep. who might have brought a ticket, but didn't ask for their money back, thank God, mm-hmm. um, it's a show for them, basically, we're giving them another show, but for free this time, mm-hmm. we're doing it at the lady, and we had to go and pitch a show, because we need a lot of money from them to make it free, right. and she has no idea who we are, so we're a couple of drunk guys <laughs> going and saying, can we have... There's shit load of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you not just make your money through the merch on that evening and stuff like that, or does um, it require? We're you not to again. Have we're not making any money that night. Mm. Um, we're getting paid the, mo- the money that we're getting paid um, is for paying the other acts and hiring the sound system and for the marketing to get people to the show. Brilliant. She brilliant, has said brilliant you, insight. We, Absolutely brilliant insight because you know venues and a lot, of, especially these diets, will, will say and and you know anybody that's taking money, everyone thinks everyone's on the make. Yeah. All the friggin' time, yeah. and everyone's trying to, as a musician, is trying to exploit you. You're trying to exploit the venue. You're trying yeah. to exploit people. But literally, that is to cover those hidden, and they are hidden. Yeah. But at the same time, the fucking sound system is right in front of you. Yeah, and we don't all own a five k rig. No, <laughs> and, and being that like we're a six piece band, we need a certain type of sound system and a certain prowess prowess is probably the wrong <laughs> word of, of, of person to that's, that's the most pretentious thing I've heard to, to, <laughs> excellent a, a person with a, with knowledge a knowledge base yes. preferably of our band well, to be able to, to run the sound it's a thing I keep saying you know in in, in, in my work situation and in my um, uh, in my music situation make friends with a sound engineer yeah. make friends with the IT guy because yeah, any two people can fuck you over and yeah. you need a decent sound guy exactly. otherwise for all your hard work for all your le- years and learning the guitar yeah. for all your push and pull of writing the songs that guy has got the fucking treble switched off you're fucked you say yeah, you're, you're it's playing really the box and um, yeah so most of the budget's gone on booking that and mm. And posters, and, and but she has so said to you're us, a graphic des- you're a graphic designer as well as yeah. you know, as, as all the other stuff. So you do do you do all the artwork and all yeah, that kind of so stuff as well? Drawn, blind, blind drawing, yeah. brilliant. Oh, I love I love the Zippo lighter and stuff. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's superb. But you draw all the other stuff. It's as all well, hand drawn like, with a sharpie amazing. pencil. Yeah. Do you do you find I 
get because I'm a graphic designer nowhere near your particular nowhere your standard. Oh no, I can, no I can, I'm a chancer, mate. I can I can I can make stuff. I don't have any hand drawing talent whatsoever, but I can pretty right. much make anything anybody asks me to. Mm-hmm. They've just got to ask me and pay mm-hmm. me the right amount of money. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, so absolutely. I find that I've been the guy. Yeah. Oh, Paul does art. Yeah. Let's get him to do the graphic design. Oh, Paul's good with a bit of recording stuff. Let's get him to yeah. do that. Paul's good with social media. We'll let him do that. You sound like that guy. Yeah, hundred percent that guy. Yeah. That's are you okay with that, or do yeah. you get? Because I go through periods of time where I love it. Yeah, and I'm just absolutely great to be the driving force. And yeah, I've got us. I've got us through. So and people contacted mate. I've seen your social media feed and want to book you. We've got this gig at the Hunter Club, Danny and I, for um, supporting this massive massive blues band they're yeah. fucking blues darlings at the moment okay. and we're the main support and they got us nice. by watching our social media feed okay. it's like fucking Wicked, yeah. unbelievable over the moon but at the same time I'm exhausted yeah. <laughs> of, no, of 100%, doing that absolutely 100%. exhausted of doing another post of keeping us current of yeah. fucking onslaught right yeah so oh, my whole professional life as in earning money mm. And now in music comes from being that guy. Yeah. And so my nickname when we started, we all had different nicknames. Which <laughs> mine was the director. That's what. I <laughs> yeah. Like it. I didn't choose it myself. Oh. Really? <laughs> I'd have chosen a much better one. But um, anyway, we all donkey schlong. Yeah. <laughs> much better. Um, so yeah, so I was done that, and it was kind of like a, a, it's a 2000 emergence of websites yep, starting to yep, come out. Yep. So that's when I started getting an interest in that. And then mm. at college, I did a module on it um, with. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but Johnny Cole, who now runs, he runs the mill in this. He was yeah, one of my lecturers back then. Wow, okay, great. So that's how I first met him and he was just setting up that studio up. Anyhow, I did a module on it and started, yeah, web, web, web stuff. And then we do a bit of this because I was doing it for the band. So I'd try and put the cover together for that and I'd right, do right. that and that. And because I was so doing So one helped that, the other and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. what happened was um, we played a show with a band called Five Mile Drive. Mm. Um, who were a great band. And... The drummer from that band, I think it was drummer, uh, his name is Pierce. He's a dude. I haven't seen him in many, many years, but he's a wicked guy. He said to me, you boys are amazing. Um, you need to get on MySpace. And we're like, MySpace? This was years ago. Wow, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow, so we, I put, we went on MySpace. Yeah. And then I designed the MySpace. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into hacking MySpace, like yeah. making elaborate kind of pages. Mm. And then... So it goes full circle because Matty P, who mm. was one of the guys we used to put these gigs on in Village Halls, yeah, yeah. he'd met the Perry brothers, um, who I work with these days. Um, he'd met them and they basically signed him on a management deal, got him a deal with Warner and everything like that. First time I saw him, he was um, supporting Reef. Reef, yeah. Yeah. Wicked, yeah. yeah. Great tool. <laughs> and yeah. he then said, oh, Trick, can you do me a MySpace? I'll get you paid like, out of the budget. So then I did Sweet. a MySpace, yeah. got paid, mm. and then I, and my wife said to me, you either get a job or you move out. So I, <laughs> I made one up quickly. Yeah. I was like, I'm a MySpace designer. Yeah. So then I did that, and then I... Fake it till you make it. Exactly. Yeah. So I basically blagged it. I mean, I was all right at it, but mm. um, I, because I'd done a bit of web stuff and a bit of SEO stuff, I kind of got myself the number one in Google for MySpace designer. <laughs> so then blagged with my friend Claire who's amazing. She was working at Warner. She was throwing me loads of jobs at Alanis Morissette, Muse. Oh, wow. Yeah, Green Day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, REM. As mm. soon as I started adding these to my portfolio, Shit. I, I was basically blagging this <laughs> yeah. MySpace thing. Yeah. All because I used to do it for our band, basically. Yeah. That yeah. was it. And then I, nowadays, you know, do this, that, I do loads of different bits and bobs, whatever. Mm. Um, but it all came from 
sort of learning it by doing it for the band, for the being band. that yeah, guy. Yeah, so and that you're right. Start, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'm the point of contact and I'm the guy that sorts out the what videos. You know I'm the guy that sorts so funny you should say that because I did my first design for designing um EP covers yeah. for, for Nexus. Because I was I was a screen printer. Okay. And uh, you know, on, on massive large yeah. format machines, dirty as fuck in the factory. And uh, we needed um uh, we needed a CD cover. Yeah. You know, there was there was I think mp3.com had even been invented, I don't no, I don't right. think so. So it's, the time was that we would then buy a bunch of CDs, get yeah. them, you know, burn them off, put stickers on, yeah. send them to all the record companies. But we did we have a, we didn't have a cover, so I didn't even have a computer. Uh, but so I'd seen like in the factory, I'd seen where the screens that I was using the graphics department. Yeah. And there was guys in there looked to me like sipping cocktails and kicking back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had a hey. coffee machine and yeah, yeah. With, hey, they do the graphics. <gasps> Yeah. I need to know about that. So yeah. my mum had uh, my mum had split up with a fellow who was into his computers, and he'd left a four eight six, like a PC okay. four eight six, behind after he'd moved out. And uh, it was lying around when I was around hers one weekend. I went, well, "What are you going to do with that?" She went, "I was going to sling it in a skip." I went, "Can I have it?" She said, "Yeah, all right." So I wow. took it home, and uh, then snuck into the cupboards, the software cupboards that I'd managed to locate in the Bacardi lounge. Yeah. <laughs> at work yeah. which is actually all a graphics down the road now it was SSDM at the time snuck in there just grabbed like armfuls of software yeah Photoshop Yeah, and in there was Photoshop Quark Express yeah all just freehand amazing <laughs> like loaded them onto this like 486 which took forever but yeah. I just thought that's how long computers took because the last time I touched a computer I was trying to load Spy versus Spy <laughs> on, on an Atari with 16 yeah. minutes of amazing so I loaded this all on the thing and then just sat up every night trying to work out how to make this yeah. CD cover. <laughs> and then it's exactly kind and then of what I, walked, I did, yeah. And then I walked into the into the you know, into um into work one day and said, um, I'd like a job in that office, please. And they said, Well, what have you done? So I got out my CD cover. I said, I just oh, like and, and it was it was terrible. It was fucking terrible. So they said, Well, all right, we'll give you a chance. So uh, you know, it was oh, basically amazing. just following some really basic, Billy basic design yeah. briefs. But then they ended up doing stuff for like Sainsbury's, Tesco, Lion yeah, Sides, and Vigil Liveries and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, I don't do anything anywhere near as exciting or glamorous as what you do, but it's funny oh, how no, I do a lot of menus, it's, mate. It's funny yeah. how, you know. Um, what is the job that I really wanted which being a musician ended up falling into that, that yeah. particular career there I mean I was how I got into being a screen printer yeah. well, there was a guy who lived across the road who was screen printing t-shirts and we wanted some t-shirts for a band this is it though <laughs> but this is like people say about making a living from music and you have mm. to do it this way there's, uh, there's mm. ways to make a living from music Millions you don't have ways. to be yeah you know, like I, I okay, I, I do do a lot of menus. Like the, the <laughs> heyday of all the the music stuff, it's sort of slightly. I do do still do quite a lot of it, but yeah, um, it's dance music, funnily enough, more so than than anything else right now. But um, there is there is hope mm. there. Do you know what I mean? That mm. you can fund music by doing music related stuff yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I, I don't get paid a great deal for going to be a guitar tech and that's not all year sure, long sure. or a stage manager but that goes into but it goes into the passion. part I'm self-employed and I think this is and, what you've, um, yeah you've got you've got a fuel of passion I was going to say you have your videos done how does that get funded I know mine gets funded yeah. now you know out of my bloody day job that's yeah, why I have one exactly. <laughs> to fuel we, my music addiction <laughs> in fact it's a, it, yeah we, we nearly touched on it earlier about, about the this this video that's going to come out for, for the band um, mm. this month but in July I sort of said to the guys about the idea of doing some more vi some videos getting a block done mm. and mm. 
I said, rather than trying to look at someone who's done a load, I mean, this was either an, a genius move or a mistake. I'll let <laughs> I love those. I love those. That one out. those yeah. I was like, let's go and approach some kids, some youngsters. Okay, kids is. I don't mean that in that respect. Well, like out of school gates. Hello. Yeah, not Would quite. You want to be in a video. I wouldn't do that if I were you, mate. They, <laughs> no, not to be in the video. But some chaps who were like set up their own business doing video, and they were doing. Okay, on, so so these are young, talented people, is yeah. what we're talking about, who would create a video for yes, you. Yes, they just come out of like a university or that kind of thing, and education of, of some description, and they put the together uh, their own company, and they were doing a lot of videos, and it looked mm. good, but it looked really boring and dull. Mm-hmm. And I sort of said, "Well, I got his number. I said, do you want to do something exciting?" Like, mm. and we came up with this kind of concept of doing these videos. Oh, so I've, I think you are the one you talk about because Danny told me you'd use smart students, and it's super. Okay, I, I yeah. wanted them to feel inspired about doing something good. It mm. did turn out, which is why it took so long, because <laughs> I don't think they had the same vision or maybe the experience. Sure, sure. I'm looking for positives. The mm. way that they did it, <laughs> not that they're bad guys, but no, like no, it for was... sure. But you know, you take these things on uh, as what they are on the yeah. on the outside, don't you? They're, yeah, they're young students looking to cut their teeth and learn something. Yeah, you're a band without wanting to put your life savings into a video yeah. that needs a and functional I didn't want video. To, I didn't want to be the guy that made the video. Sure, yeah. I want to just be God. in it. And Sounds just like you're doing beers. enough already. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? have a few beers, the guys, whatever, yeah. and just chill out. And um, anyway, the, we done three videos with mm. these guys, and there was always an issue with one of them, and it's not necessarily their fault. Maybe I should have been more outspoken about at the time, but yeah. we ended up. But we want. I wanted them to feel like they were doing something ace, mm. and so yeah, we all chipped in and paid for them. Um, but so the the final video of the, what these guys have done mm. um, is the one that's coming out at the end of this month. So I don't know when mm. this will come out, but it's end of January, and it's called mm. "Put It There," and it's a sort of a reflective video. So it's kind of all stuff to do with our past mm-hmm. and our lives and yeah. kids and. Memories and I've seen the build up. Is that what yeah. you're sharing? Were you sharing that you, you saw right. childhood photographs? Yes, yeah, right. Excellent, yeah. excellent build up. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the last one they've done. So anyway, mm. that was the, going back to what you originally said about 35 minutes ago. Uh, that was that is the next one, and yeah. then there's one more to come, which is is going to be my. We, we haven't filmed it yet. We're filming it in a couple of weeks actually, mm. but super excited about it because it it. It's going to be, I think it's got this, the most elaborate idea that we've got. It's all green screen and it's a, I don't want to give too much away because it's really cool because it's going to really annoy some people. <laughs> it's going to annoy, I tell you who it's going to annoy, any musician who thinks that they should be paid fairly, that's going to piss them off. <laughs> um, it's basically, we are yes. doing a, a, I mean, it's all a bit tongue in cheek, a bit of a piss mm-hmm. take, but we are doing something that incorporates ripping the piss out of Coldplay because we collectively all hate Excellent. that Excellent, yeah, no, so do And I. Ghostbusters I can't too. see what's so... I, I mean, I don't... Honestly, they're, they're great songwriters yeah. and stuff like that. I don't honestly see why they garner so much, like... um uh, what do you call it? So much gravitas. Why they're so considered? So they're so yeah. revered. Yeah. I don't get it. They're no. alright. They're a great band. They're, they're alright. Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand why they're. Oh, oh. They're the next U two. They're not a fucking pimple on their ass. I just don't. Oh, yeah, I don't get it. So you know anyway, we did that sorry. free to bet. <laughs> you touched a nerve there. They did like a free to bet or something. You uh, ran on his hand, which irritated everyone. Um, I don't know what it was. I'm sure it was a good cause, but. <laughs> we're, it's, we're we're taking this this concept to and Ghostbusters two. I don't want to give it away, but at the end of Ghostbusters two, they did something really cool, which when I was a kid blew my mind. I had a telephone number, and it's and we just want. And I just always hear this thing about 
young musicians I mean as I said we're doing it for us and yeah, we really yeah, don't yeah. care but these young musicians and they're really hungry and keen and good on them and they're like oh Spotify and this guy from BBC Six Music is don't be honest that then. we're not getting paid we have it so I, honestly this um, is a concurrent theme like yeah. with people I speak to uh, you know about the local music yeah. scene is that you know there are there does seem to be a cross section of young musicians new artists and stuff like that that want it all now yeah and they don't want to have to give anything away for free they don't want to have to do any you know cut their teeth learn their craft and stuff like that I just want to get paid yeah I've paid for you yeah I deserve exactly and entitlement there is, there is a there is a level of course for of sure musicians being paid fairly absolutely I, com- I couldn't I agree, agree more with... I don't want people to think that I think everyone should give their shit yes. away forever mm-hmm. I think however you need to build something up before you start bloody charging and for it and our band uh, are just idiots and we thought how, <laughs> how much fun would it be to irritate every musician around well I'm excited to see that one um, so we're <laughs> triggered cre- yeah that's exactly the word <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> It starts with triggered Trigger. in the middle, yeah, and it's and not because of me, but yeah, because we want to try and really trigger people into yeah, yeah. a response. And we did that, like we tried to do that with a really simple video we did for some mad business, which is Johnny t- tied up in a loft. Oh right? god, that was a bit too close to home. Yeah, very for, close for to me. Home. It was yeah. a bit kind of like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if, yeah. it, if that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's um, missing. Is so he? We've had people go. I had people texting me going, "I found this poster. Is, is Johnny all right?" <laughs> Um, fuck's sake he does say he's clearly a joke he's wearing sunglasses in the picture that'd be a really bad picture to use but um, (laughs) yeah he's fine it's for a video but that was the point of it and it was a really simple thing that we just did on a phone in one day and Mm. again you don't need to spend fortune it cost us the budget Mm. for for, for that video was zero we we actually spent about 50 quid on beer at the harbour because we got sick of (laughs) doing the video so we went to the harbour and got pissed replacing all those beers I drank at your uh, listening party yeah well we've got You'll be pleased to know at the Lady of the Lake. I'll uh, be coming to that. We're bit, bringing definitely. a. Yeah. They've asked for some beer, so we're taking a, a barrel that's going to be on there. Great. They get awesome. a good deal. So again, we don't make any money from it, but mm-hmm. the brewery gets to sell a load of beer. Yeah. They get it. The, the pub get it at a great price. So You're they can also make not it. just playing the gig yourself. You've got like what three other bands on there. It's one other band. One other band at that gig. And a, and we had a DJ. DJ. Darren's so DJ. that's a whole yeah, excellent. Which is yeah. a, you know, which is a whole, which is a night's worth of it, isn't it? You yeah. Know, it's great. Value. And uh, a band called Temple Jets who. Mm. Uh, uh, wicked, and they are a couple of the three or three of the guys um, who used to be in Cruel Blind. Yes, um, I remember well. There was that John who was in Cruel Blind. John, it was, but it's not him in this band. No, no. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's his brother Matt. Fifth uh, season he had before that as well. Didn't oh, they? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, might be before sure. your time. No, I remember the Sorry, name. Fifth, fifth, season. fifth season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm picking up the wrong beer. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there'll be our beer there. Mm. Um, but again, it's it's about just trying to support local businesses and try and do something, think outside the box, and not be local. Do, that, do yeah, create create a scene, and creating a scene doesn't have to necessarily be yokel yokel local and stuff like no. that, does it? it? It it's it's trying to create it's trying to create something that's that's an atmosphere, that's a yeah. feeling, that's a philosophy that hopefully everybody will get something out of, right? I think it's important. Yeah, like why 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 you know like like I said originally, like just go and do it, and then you are doing it. So mm-hmm. just you know, go and put on a gig mm. or go and book a gig yep. and then go, well, is this, does this look right? Or then make it look right. Don't well, take, this is it. You you're, afraid, you're afraid of failure. It's the whole, am I getting paid for this? What am I getting out of this? Well, you might get nothing. 
Yeah. You might get absolutely fuck yeah. all out of it, but you know what? That's kind of all right, isn't yeah, it? Because it surely is. it's the journey, because you turn around and say, they're not going to remember that the gig was a huge success. Yeah, exactly. We put on a gig is the story you're telling. Yeah, and, and a load we, of people turned up and we, we had a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or nobody turned up and we got pissed. Well, yeah, exactly. still a good story, yeah, right? Yeah, one man and his dog. Yeah. I mean, that's a true story. I mean, and that's, it is really important that, like, we as a band never earn when we did all our gigs like at one point we were maybe doing five five gigs six gigs six gigs a month and we never, wow, but we weren't lot, doing yeah. we didn't ever tour tour because we could just and this is original um, music as well then yeah so we were doing yeah, we would do, but we wouldn't play around here so right. we'd do like a London show a Leicester show mm -hmm. Mm. wherever it was and then yeah. we'd hit a low stuff show and then like we'd play low stuff maybe once every month or every couple of months maybe yeah. um but we we were really conscious of playing too much but we we, we were busy yeah we never earned any money mm. um but it's that journey because like, when mm. we did show we went out and played a show out in serbia with um i can't remember who was there that year some mm. we did one one year with snoop but this was the year oh, i can't remember who was there don't know, a load of, <laughs> load of cool bands. But yeah. we went out and did it, and we yeah. were just like, you know, in our 20s, yeah. we hit a, we had a disabled bus, and we had loaded up on booze, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. stopped in Belgium, loaded up mm. on fags, and then we drove across Europe, yeah. like with a crew, yeah. to go and play a show, mm. where we were putting up in a hotel, yeah. and... We didn't earn any money. No, I, all my touring around as a young lad, I never earned an absolute beat. Penny. I mean, I did a tour of America. Yeah. Like I said, we were on TV like 30-odd times with stuff That's like so that. Nice. We did a tour of Europe and stuff like that. I never earned an absolute bean. It was literally to cover the expenses yeah. of the hotel and, and the air and the air and the flights and flights, stuff like yeah. that never earn a friggin thing and you know i have i not know it's much happening anymore because it's so it was so fucking long ago but you know i would come back to school the following yeah. week you know so i remember we did a two-week tour of america and we took in like disney and and you know good morning america in in um oh god bloody hell in new york and in nashville we played the grand Opry in nashville now and i came back and everyone was like so did you know you must be rich now then yeah. Well, no, I didn't earn a fucking bean. Yeah. It was literally they paid for the airfare and thing and meals, and that was it. That's it. You PDs and done. Yeah. Yeah. End of the two weeks, yeah. you're back to back to Civvy Street, mate. Off mm. you go. And so, but you know what? What a fucking excellent story, eh? And what stuff? Exactly. To, what stuff to be able to say yeah. that you, you've done? So do it for. I know it's a cliche. Do it for the crack is what we're saying. Yeah. Here. Exactly. Yeah. And if you can fund it by doing something else with music, whether yeah. it's like web design or mm -hmm. making a cover or whatever you're, it is. You're in the industry, aren't you? You are you know? in it. And if, and if not, it. Then, then stick it into your music anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and have a wonderful time. Well, look, man, we've been chatting for a for a long old while now. Sure I have. really appreciate you coming over and sharing oh, your no, uh, thanks, wealth man. experience with us, dude. It's been uh, it's been really educational for me, and I hope for everybody else as well. Oh, so, I hope I haven't rambled too much. Not at all, buddy. Absolute perfect amount of rambling. <laughs> but um, come back another day and have another chin wag about something Anytime, else. I'll see if mate. I can get some Anytime. other musos in, and we'll just have a good old um, we'll talk over each other and. Uh, you know, compare, yeah. compare shlongs or whatever it is. Oh, let's do that. That sounds great. <laughs> let's do that. Richard, take it easy, man. And Thanks, I'll speak mate. to you soon. Yeah, cheers, Paul. Bye-bye.